right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, U-Time starts with you saving. Saving space with an HDX 27-gallon tough tote for only $13.98. Saving time with a free and fast-charging 18-volt battery when you buy select Milwaukee Power Toolkits. And saving you a trip with free delivery on over 1 million items. Do Labor Day your way with savings right now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... the jingle, the world is so full of a number of things, I'm sure we should all be as happy as kings. Not so long ago, to be a king was to be everything a man could aspire to. However, these days, the whole business seems to turn sour. Royalty certainly isn't doing too well, is it? When am I to be killed? That has not been decided. You mean Goral hasn't made the decision? Goral does not make the decision. Really? I had the notion that he was the boss. We have no bosses here. No? Who gives the orders? We all decide. All of us are equal. Yes, I'm sure of that. But, as the man said, some folks are more equal than others. Our mystery drama, Relax and Enjoy It was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Norman Rose and Roberta Maxwell. It is sponsored in part by ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine. I'll be back shortly with Act One. group of people that rules the world and runs our lives. It's a mysterious conglomeration known as they. They make all the decisions. They form our opinions and mold our tastes. And how does one become a they? Is one elected? Appointed? Or does one just wake up one morning and discover that one has somehow achieved theyhood? if I may coin the term. At any rate, we have here the story of a man who is very definitely a they. It is one of those crisp, clear, crackling autumn mornings in New York City. As the sleek, expensive-looking limousine pulls up to the curb, Mr. Curtis Alexander Arnold steps forward from the doorway of the luxury high-rise apartment building. With a bow and a salute, the doorman ushers him into the car. Good morning, Crandall. Good morning, sir. You're not Crandall. No, sir. Where's Crandall? He's ill, sir. 
What's the matter with him? I don't know. Well, who are you? Smith, sir. Smith? Mr. O'Boyle hired me last week. To do what? Handyman on the Long Island estate. Handyman? Yes, sir. And relief chauffeur and so on. Hmm. You have the diction of a man who's been to college. I have a master's degree in economics from Harvard University. And you settled for a job as a handyman chauffeur? One must begin somewhere. Mm-hmm. You don't sound like an American. Uh, were you born here? No, sir. No, but I listen. That's an unusual accent. Yes, sir. Why'd you turn here? Smith? Smith, I'm talking to you. This is not the way to Wall Street. Why are we stopping? Move over. Young woman. Who do you think you are? Do as she says. I'll open my purse. Look. Hmm? That's a gun. Yes. I shall hold the gun, but it shall be hidden by my purse. If you give me any trouble, I can fire through the purse and kill you. Is this a robbery? Move over. Move all the way over to the other door. Yes. Good. Excellent. Close the door, Marla. Am I to assume this is a kidnapping? Obviously, your name isn't Smith. And you weren't hired by Frank O'Boyle. What have you done with Crandall? Paul Crandall has a wife and three children. I hope you haven't... uh, You hope we haven't what? Hurt him in any way. Listen to this one, Carl. Swollen fat with the loot he has sweated from the poor. And he weeps his crocodile tears for one of his miserable lackeys. Your precious Crandall will recover and resume his role as henchman and agent provocateur. He's only a chauffeur. Drive slowly, Carl. I know, I know. Do you wish to get a stop for breaking the speed law? I am not accustomed to such a machine. So it responds like a living thing. For what it costs, 50 families in our village could live for five years. Have you no shame, you heartless dog? Are you talking to me? Your day of reckoning has arrived. A red light, Carl, next corner. I see it. Do you see the policeman in the middle of the street? Yes, yes, I see him, Marla. And do you also see him? I am speaking to you, exploiter. I will thank you to use common, everyday courtesy, young woman. I know what is going through your devious, scheming brain at this very moment. We shall stop for the light and be no more than five feet from this minion of the law. You plan to call for help? I advise against it. Consider. His gun is snug in its holster. Mine is ready for instant use. The very moment you open your mouth, I can shoot you both. Make sure the gun is well hidden in the first, Marla. Please attend to your driving, Carl. It's a task that requires all your concentration. She uh, doesn't think too much of your ability or intelligence, Carl. Please, do not think you can create a rift between us. Sit back calmly and peaceably as if nothing is wrong. Marla, the police officer, he's coming toward us. He is? Why? I don't know. I warn you. Just one word. I am prepared to fire. Well, hi, Mr. Arnold. Hey, guess you don't remember me, huh? Oh, uh... Hey, Ruffle. Uh, Patrolman George Ruffle? I used to be in the corner of Nassau on Wall in the morning. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they transferred me over here. Yeah, it's a pretty good post, except... Well, I miss saying hello to all my old customers. Uh, yes. Well, I just wanted to say uh, good morning. Well, uh, so long, Mr. Ronald. Uh, hey, have a good day. Eh? Uh, uh, yes. 
Yes, officer, and, and you too. Hey, uh, Mr. Arnold, are you, uh, feeling okay? You look a little, uh, you know, uh, well, I guess it must be the way. Hey, hey, you in a rush to go someplace, Johnny? Just keep it down, huh? <laughs> See you around, Mr. Arnold. Let me off the corner. 
I could hail a cab, and there's no harm done. I find it difficult to believe my ears. Here you are, helpless and a prisoner, and you presume to dictate terms. Your arrogance is almost admirable. Where are we going? You will know when we get there. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on getting there, either. Your plan is starting to sag in the middle. What do you mean by the middle? Do not encourage this conversation, Carol. He is attempting to corrupt your resolve. Are you afraid his resolve isn't strong enough to withstand a little corrupting, Mara? I warn you to be silent. Or? Or you will what? You can't shoot me. No. Now, you see, Carl, here is where the scenes begin to show in this enterprise. Be careful, Carl! He's nervous. Shut up. You can tell by the way he drives. He's, uh, having second thoughts. That isn't true. Carl is no fool. He's starting to have some doubts. Isn't that so, Carl? That's completely untrue. Does she always answer for you? Tell him what kind of man you are. Well, go ahead. She's just given you permission to speak. Where do I turn south, Marla? You know perfectly well. Just beyond the... Uh, just beyond the... The third intersection. Well, what's the matter, Carl? How could you forget? Surely you've rehearsed this trip. You should know every inch of the route. He does. But oh, he's nervous, Marla. He's, <laughs> he's also scared. Caro is afraid of nothing. The enormity of this thing is starting to make itself felt. Now, I don't know what your plan is. But I do know this. You've been out on the street too long. What do you mean? Caro. Well, it's a legitimate question. Don't speak to him. Say nothing. All I'm saying is you've been out on the street too long. I'm already ten minutes late for my office. How long before they discover Crandall's body? We did no harm to him. Carl! Ah, yes, but you did have to quiet him somehow. You admit that. For how long will he be out of the picture? Is he in a position to call the police? Even now? You are not clever enough, Mr. Despoiler of the people. You know, you call me names because you're frightened. You have a great deal to be frightened of, too. Right now, every police officer in the city has a description of his car. Drive faster, Carl. But if I go faster, I shall attract attention. Well, we uh, do seem to be impaled on the horns of a dilemma, don't we? It was Goral who chose the place. Do not mention names. I knew he couldn't be trusted. Maybe he intends to betray you. Maybe he's alerted the police. The fact is, Goral did pick a faraway place, Marla. Why did you trust his judgment? Hmm. You know, maybe... Maybe she's still in love with him. I am not. Uh, how did you know? You mean it's true? Is it true, Marla? You said you love me. I do. It's over between Goral and me. Or are you using me to do this dangerous, dirty work? What do you think, Cara? Shut up. The police. Oh, I will not be taken alive. How does that sit with you, Cara? Do you want to die? Or do you want me to get you out of it? Can you get me out of it? Don't listen to him, Carl. Now you shut up, Marla. Is the worm turning? It's hard to say. We'd have to know first who Carol is and also who Marla is. But it does seem that we may have the shortest kidnapping on record. But what kind of kidnapping is it supposed to be? Questions, questions. 
And while we will ask even more questions in Act Two, we shall also provide you with a few answers. persuade me, you won't persuade me. How true. Nothing is as stubborn as a prejudice. Yes, a firm and solid opinion rooted in bigotry and nourished by fanaticism. No matter how securely you close a door, somehow it can be blasted open. But a closed mind? That's another story. It may very well be our story. Don't listen to him, Carl. It depends on Crandall. If he isn't badly hurt. Is he? Answer me, Carl. You're almost out of time. No. Good. Now, I'll tell the police this was all an experiment to test my security arrangements. Don't believe him, Carl. Pull over. You can't trust him. You can't get away, Carl. He's lying. You have to trust me. Is this the end? The end of the hope, the dreams, the struggles. Do we betray our ideals, our comrades, our country? Listen to him, Donna. Is it the end of our love? Oh, 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 oh. I can go down the street. Here is the latest news bulletin on the Arnold kidnapping. Mr. Curtis Alexander Arnold was within a hair's breadth of rescue when his car was recognized by the police just minutes ago. However, the kidnappers recklessly stormed through a one-way street and managed to avoid capture. They have been positively identified as a man and a woman, both young, slender, dark-haired. Where can you go? The city is aroused against you. He happens to be right, Carl. This car can be too easily identified. The longer you persist in this thing, the more chance of someone getting really hurt. Then it'll be too late. Over to the curb, Carl. Quickly. Now, Carl. See? What is it? That car. The sedan in front of us. The woman has just left it. She did not take her keys. We'll change cars. It won't help. Go ahead, Carl. Get behind the wheel. Very quickly, Carl. She's gone into that store. Now, you pillager. That's a new one. Open your door. Step outside and beware. I can and will shoot you without blinking an eye. Do you believe me? I'd be a fool not to believe you. I could do it as easily as stepping on an ant. Yes, I get the idea. Out. Stay close to me. Hurry, Marla, hurry. The public is asked to be on the lookout for a gray-reared four-door sedan. The kidnappers of Curtis Alexander Arnold have abandoned the limousine and transferred themselves and their prisoner into this car, which was stolen from a Mrs. Beulah Bernalet as she double-parked briefly. Well, what are we going to do? Keep switching cars indefinitely? That is not a concern of yours. That lady has already reported the stolen car to the police. She's right, Mother. There's still more than a mile to travel through these streets. 
Why did Corral choose such a faraway hiding place? Corral is our leader. Every police car in the city is alerted by now. I know. It's falling apart. You know why? Be quiet, you capitalist pig. You could do with a little bit of capitalistic organizational know-how. Corral, he knows nothing about, about how to arrange the mechanics of a thing like this. Corral is the most politically developed of us all. But he knows nothing about... about kidnapping. It's your fault, Carl. My fault? Why didn't you speak out when this thing was being planned? Are you mad? I would have been shot. And rightly so. All who go against the decision of party leaders are traitors to the people. Ah, but we are you. At any moment, we can be surrounded by the police and captured. Never. We will die for the cause. We will not be taken alive. Never. Hmm, that doesn't sound too good. But first, we shall kill this dog in order to make our statement to the world. Uh, what statement is that? That there is justice, that retribution, swift and terrible, shall avenge the ancient wrongs perpetrated upon uh, the Never mind, I'm, uh, I'm sorry I asked. And then we shall save the last two bullets for ourselves. Mm. Uh, do you go along with that, Carl? Caro also took the oath. I don't know. I seem to sense somehow, Caro, that you are not really uh, enchanted with the idea. We are not afraid to die. Yeah, well, somebody has to use some brains and prevent a bloodbath on the streets of the city. Pull over to the curb, Carl. You do not give orders here. Marla, you're giving me a very hard time. Keep it up and I'll wash my hands of the whole business. You want me to get past that police barricade? What police barricade? Two blocks ahead, Marla. Police car. Ease over to the curb, Carl. What are you going to do, Carl? What would you advise him to do? Your only chance to make it now to wherever you hope to go is to try to get there on foot. He's right, Marla. Why is he telling us to do this? Obviously, I don't want to get killed in a shootout. You are playing a game. A devious, desperate, treacherous game. You have an ulterior motive. Hmm? Perhaps I have. See? The pig admits it. I happen to be a man of unsurpassed vanity. I'm amused by the fact that even though you are kidnapping me, You'll have to fail unless I choose to rescue you. Rising desperately in its death struggle, capitalism still seeks to pervert, corrupt, delay, yes, even to poison the efforts of the toilet. What is the point in making these fine, bold, revolutionary manifestos? Nobody's around to write them down and preserve them for posterity. Here is my plan, Carl. The three of us shall leave the car and proceed on foot. Your plan? He will walk between us. And remember, I still hold this gun in my purse. You capitalist. Well, what's the matter? You, you can't think of a name? How about uh, Viper? Capitalist Viper. It has a deadly, ominous sound to it. And it implies a silent, secret sort of menace. Shut up! Once again, the kidnappers of Curtis Alexander Arnold have eluded the police. The stolen car has been abandoned less than two blocks from the barricade. At this point, police have no clue as to the whereabouts of the kidnappers. All citizens are urged to be on the lookout for a trio which consists of two young people, a man and woman in their early 20s, slender and dark hair. Mr. Arnold is about 50, six feet tall with gray hair. Step inside. Where have you been? We had trouble going through the streets, Carl. For what reason, Carl? You're supposed to be an excellent driver. When you laid out the plan, you didn't consider heavy traffic and delays and tie-ups. Are you questioning my judgment? At any rate, we have succeeded in our objective. 
Which is the main point? Ah, sorry. I have captured the swine. Tie him to the chair. I see we have another phrase maker in our midst. <laughs> so, you are the capitalist Curtis Alexander Arnold. As far as I know. Unless there's another one. Uh, do you know why you're here? So, you are Goral. I am Comrade Goral. Oh, come on. Who are you kidding? People like you don't have comrades. For that matter, neither do people like me. Do you want to send the children outside while we talk business? I'll have you know we are equal. All right. You can stay here. We ask for $10 million. Well, it never hurts to ask. We represent the People's Revolutionary Movement of Latvia. Uh, I beg your pardon? Latvia, it's on the eastern coast yes, of... Yes, I know where it is. And you should. Leeches like you have sucked the blood of our people for the last hundred years. Mm, well, cutting through all that, $10 million seems a lot to ask. Could we um, negotiate that figure? No. I'm worth $10 million to anyone. Well, that is entirely possible. Yeah. Then why not be realistic? If your people do not pay the $10 million, we shall shoot you. And this will serve notice to the capitalist community that each of you has a price on his head. Your personal fortune is worth more than $10 million? Yes, Carl, it is. Wouldn't you be willing to pay the money to save your life? To save my life? Certainly. Then... There is no problem, rather say there is. What sort of problem? Why don't you ask Goral? Is there a problem, Goral? We did not bring this swine here to hold a discussion. She's asking a legitimate question. You're evading the issue. Now, why don't you answer her? I decide which questions are legitimate and relevant. Mm -hmm. Well, then suppose I answer it. It doesn't matter if the ransom is paid or if it isn't paid. As far as you're concerned... I am not going to leave here alive. Well, is that true, Gora? All decisions shall be determined by revolutionary necessity. Well, that doesn't answer the question. It does. There you are, Colonel. But if he pays the ransom, why does he have to be killed? Do you realize that you are making a counter-revolutionary statement? Gora. If you persist, I can have no choice but to begin to doubt your political reliability. Why are we arguing about this now? Why? Why are we arguing about this at all? Come, Carl. When the time comes to do the right thing, the People's Revolutionary Party has every confidence that you will do it. But gladly, unquestioningly, with true revolutionary ardor. You will, Carl. Won't you? Children has given hostages to fortune, or so.
so said Mr. Bacon. But doesn't it go even deeper? Isn't each and every one of us a hostage to an unpredictable fate or some random chance? Who can predict what awaits us just beyond the horizon? You will follow the orders of the People's Revolutionary Party, Carl. Of course you will. Now, just a minute, Marla. Yes? We said there wouldn't be any violence. When did we say that? At the meeting. Who made that statement? Well, I don't remember exactly who, but... But, but it what? seems to me that that is what we imply. Oh, my dear boy. Don't you... use that patronizing tone. I'm as old as you are, and I was in the movement before you were. Why do we have to have this argument now? Besides, you have already done violence, Carl. Me? Never. When? The chauffeur Crandall. What about him? You killed him. Who says I killed him? Well, how did you get the uniform and the key to the car? Uh, I didn't have to kill him to do that. You, you mean you didn't kill him? Of course I didn't kill him. But you were supposed to kill him. Nobody ordered me to. Did there have to be an order? It was understood. Now the men can identify you. You have begun badly. And you are going to obey the orders of the party completely without reservation. Of course he will. We shall arrange for the ransom. And when I come back here, this pig must be killed. You must understand, Caro. You are with the people or against them. There is no middle ground. Curtis Arnold is being held captive by the People's Revolutionary Army of Latvia. Little is known of the country or the people because of its remote location. They are demanding $10 million in ransom. How are we doing, Carl? Do not speak with him. He's afraid I'll subvert you. Coral is angry enough as it is. Yes, Coral. How did he get to be head honcho, anyhow? All of us are equal in the movement. Yes, I know. But recall what George Orwell said about folks like you. Some are more equal than others. Mm-hmm. I don't like Corral. <laughs> Neither do I. What are you doing, Carlo? How can you engage in this type of conversation? You know, I don't trust Corral. We will have to guide him. Why? To stop the flow of these absurd... Well, what did I say? All I said was, I don't trust Goral. You don't know Goral? Ah, that's where you're wrong. I know hundreds of Gorals. I hire, I fire, I use the Gorals of this world whenever I need them. You're out of your mind. My dear, anybody who runs a business needs a hatchet man. What is that hatchet man? A man who runs things is constantly being faced with the necessity of announcing something that happens to be bad news for somebody. You hate to do it yourself, so you you hire somebody to do it for you. A hatchet man. Yes, you've got the whole thing. You know, it isn't easy to be a good hatchet man. Actually, I think they have to be born. You have to love the idea of the thing. You know what I mean? Yes, I... I think so. Hatchet men are skilled at figuring out particularly nasty and painful ways of doing their job. Which is why you have to put up with them. Why? Because they make themselves so thoroughly hated personally that everyone forgets that they're only carrying out your orders. This nasty capitalist 
cynicism. No. Let's get down to cases. Carl, are you going to shoot me? We will do what is dictated by the people's necessity. And who determines the people's necessity? The people. And how many people are there in Lassia? Five million. Oh. And all five million of them have made this decision to have me killed? We have made the decision for them. Oh. Well, how could you do that? Because we represent the people. Oh. Well, what you're saying is the uh, people of Lassia elected you and empowered you to arrive at decisions of uh, various kinds. The people of Lassia do not have the right to vote. Oh, I see. However, if there were a free election, the overwhelming majority would vote for us. What makes you so sure? Isn't it obvious? To vote against the People's Revolutionary Army would be against the interests of the people. Do you also buy this nonsense, Carl? How dare you describe this as nonsense? He's as wily as a serpent which explains how he became one of the richest men in the world. Oh, no, really. I am one of the poorest. Don't take us for fools. I know you have contempt for humanity, but give us credit for a little bit of intelligence. I give you credit for a great deal, Marla. You see, I have very little. You have hundreds of millions of dollars. You control billions more. That's true. No, that may be true. Then how can you say you have very little? I, uh, I have no children. I had a boy once and a girl. Today they would have been as old as you are, but they died in an accident. Do you, do you expect us to have sympathy for a man like you? I have no wife. You lie. Her pictures are constantly in the newspapers. We see very little of each other. Yes, go on. Really? I wonder why I'm telling you this. Because you think to distract us. Perhaps to arouse our sympathy. And maybe you could if... If you... If you hadn't caused so much misery and suffering for others in this world. Well, I think I'm talking like this now because suddenly... You know, everything else is stripped away. I'm completely at the mercy of a trio of fanatics. We are not fanatics. I could conceivably be dead before the day is over. Well, we all have to die sometimes. Except, of course, Corral. He's probably made a pact with the devil. Anyhow, now I am clear of all the distractions of power. It's a remarkable feeling. I don't know what to make of it. Has Goral delivered the ransom message by now, do you think? Yes, I would think. Hmm. Well, they won't say it. I'm not worth it to anybody. Even if they believed you would return me alive, they wouldn't pay it. Why do you say that? Because every one of us is expendable, Carol. When you fall from power, you cease to exist. My wife and I no longer love each other. Oh, a great deal of that's my fault, but she isn't going to move heaven on earth to get me freed. As far as my company's concerned, I'm only an elected officer. You have no idea how many people want my job and believe they could be better at it. But you know, Carl, I am the prisoner of my own image. I I don't understand. I'm known as a hard charger. Yeah. A two-fisted, no-nonsense gut fighter who goes for the jugular. And so... And so what? They would say, Kurt Arnold would never stand for it. Tell them all to go to hell. Don't pay these punks. Don't hold still for blackmail. 
was going to knock me off. Corral ordered you to do it, but uh, Marla has the gun. Corral did not order this. He didn't? Well, it sounded pretty much like an order to me. Kurt Arnold would demand that we stand firm. This is the statement issued by a spokesman for the Arnold Enterprises. Mrs. Arnold, of course, is willing to pay the ransom, but she has no authority to turn over the money. The State Department and the FBI will issue no comment at this time. But Arnold has said recently, you have to make a stand. You can't give in to blackmail and terror. What can be keeping Goral? What do you suppose? He's up to some mischief or other. Marla. What is it? I, I wish I did not have to. Poor Carla. You really don't want to kill me, do you? But she's going to talk you into it. You'll be quiet. She's going to talk you into it, Carl. Carl, it was you who brought most of us into the movement in the first place, remember? You saw the evil in the system long before anyone else. Isn't that true? Is it, Carl? The discoverer, the inventor, always gets cheated, displaced. Someone else always takes over and gets the glory. You were the one who taught us the concept of the people's necessities. All right. Goral said it now. But those words were yours originally. <laughs> you know, I think she's getting to you, Carl. The end, Carl. Keep the end in sight. We must erase the exploiters from the earth. Then, and only then, can there be true freedom, real liberty. You said all that. She's got you there. The new world. Any world can only be born in turbulence and agony. How was this earth of ours created? All your works, Carl. I could give you a job in my public relations department. So he had to be killed. Not because Goral says so, but because history demands it. I don't think you're going to do it, Carl. Even you wouldn't, Mal. Really? The two of you are basically decent people. You come from a country where people are poor. And things are tough. You're idealistic enough to think that you've found a way to make living conditions better. I admire you for it. See how he patronizes us. See how he reduces us both to the status of innocent children. We must do our duty. Well, Carl. Yes. I know what that yes means. She hasn't convinced you of anything. She's giving you the woman's promise. In your heart, you know this revolution of yours. It's a fraud. That's a lie. I don't blame you. <laughs> She's beautiful. Goral. We must move quickly. Why have the police? This news has created a sensation back home. The publicity has practically made the revolution. Just as I predicted it would. Did he make this prediction or did you, Carl? We will have to shoot him immediately. Each of us is a hero back home. The army is with us. We're sure. The army? Yes. Yes, I have made a deal with the generals. A deal with the generals? But the generals are the ones... The generals will keep things in order while we... While we what? While we liquidate the opposition. I do not like that word. He doesn't exactly mean liquidate. We have many unreliable people in the revolutionary movement. We must dispose of them. What are you talking about? I have a list here of people who are to be shot, imprisoned or exiled as soon as we return home. You mean without a trial? No, of course they will receive a trial first, a fair trial. But that will only prove that they are guilty. Who is on that list? We have no time to discuss it now. 
check and see if you're on it, Caro. Caro, you are the hero of the revolution. You will be the first president of the republic. Now, Caro, shoot him. Now? Now. If you won't, I will. First me and then you, Caro. You have neither the courage nor the conviction to be a revolutionist. Very well. Carl, I'll put away that gun. You cannot stop me. I know my duty. And I know mine. In a sensational rescue effort, Curtis Alexander Arnold was saved from the People's Revolutionary Army of Latvia by two young Latvians who are students in this country. Mr. Caro and Miss Marla happened to notice a notorious Latvian terrorist, a man named Goral, on the street. Realizing that he must be implicated in the Arnold kidnapping, they followed him and discovered where Mr. Arnold was being held. In the ensuing struggle, the terrorist was killed. What are we to do, Carl? We cannot go home. But you are home. Both of you. I think my wife really needs some young people around the house. You mean... We will live in your house? I think it's a good idea to adopt an orphan or two. You are saying we will live with you? Well, I'm hoping you'll give it some thought. But we are revolutionists. Yes. How could we possibly live in the home of a capitalist? In the lap of luxury? With limousines. And servants? Yes. How could we ever possibly learn how to do that? How? It's really very simple. Just relax and enjoy it. And they did. After all, is it so difficult? Some of us have so much, and some of us have so little. Yet, in certain special and very vital areas, the very rich can be poorer than the very poor. And the very poor can be richer than the very rich. Whichever condition describes you. I will return shortly. Hostages. It's a word and a situation that appears with greater frequency in the news bulletins of our time. And we think of the hostage as someone who is being held at gunpoint by some desperate terrorist or demented criminal. And yet so many of us are held hostage by things that are deep inside ourselves. We are held hostage by fear, ignorance, hatred. Our cast included Norman Rose, Roberta Maxwell, Paul Hecht, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard to recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time starts with you saving. Saving space with an HDX 27 gallon tough tote for only $13.98. Saving time with a free and fast charging 18 volt battery when you buy select Milwaukee Power Toolkits. And saving you a trip with free delivery on over 1 million items. Do Labor Day your way with savings right now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.